Welcome to Truezilla. I am Megan sitting here with Scott and Ed. This week we have Alex Zakaris from the wildly popular podcast Skeptico, mm-hmm. Science at the Tipping Point, that delves into topics such as parapsychology, near-death experiences, consciousness, and spirituality. Welcome, Alex. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for that introduction, Megan. I'm uh, excited to talk to you guys today. Yeah, this definitely. Is pretty Very cool. Excited. Very cool. So, um, yeah. So, Alex, we started chatting a little bit before this, and uh, you were saying that um, let's let's jump into this, man. You put together this amazing little, what do you want to call it, like a survey questionnaire, kind of just to get to know you, icebreaker type of thing. Well, <laughs> icebreaker, like break over your head, but yeah, you know, it. What I was saying, you know, we're we're all into podcasting Mm -hmm. and that is a whole process in and of itself and i love you know some of the guys some of the things that you guys shared in the show that i saw about what it's meant for you and what it's like you know preparing and then you know doing these shows and stuff like that and i i was relating that one of the things that i always find interesting is especially for you know people like us who dare to go into the alt or as i like to say alt alt community you know yeah it's there's so many different points of view within our community that that it's funny because people outside the community they so easily lump everybody together and then inside it's like no man there's all these differences that are that are huge so what i thought would be just kind of fun since we don't really know each other that well and we're just kind of doing this introductory thing is to go through this pre-question, uh, pre, pre-interview, what I send out to folks, yeah, the pre-interview questionnaire. And Scott, I sent it to you. Yeah. It was really cool that you responded. And then you, yeah. you looked at my responses and you yeah. said, hey, I'm not, I didn't realize I could answer it that way. I want to change well, my answers. Kind of a little bit. I mean, my, my initial thought on a couple of things was like, oh yeah, I didn't even have thought of it that way. Like I kind of like reframed the question when I, when I saw it, like, yeah, it was just weird. It was really interesting. Like, what, what happened to my brain after I saw like a, a, a different perspective? I was like, well, I guess I kind of think that too, I guess. Yeah, it was kind of weird. It was weird. So that could be a whole discussion in and of itself, you know, uh, uh, suggestibility or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. So <laughs> I, I just thought it'd be fun, guys. I mean, this is, we yeah. have not planned this out, yeah. but uh, it can just be true yeah. in true podcasting fashion, you know? Yeah, I love it. Love it. So, yeah. So, so here are some of my questions that I are interesting to me. And I always start with the science question because that's how my show started. I mm-hmm. went looking for big picture answers. You know, who are we, why are we here? And I said, well, I have kind of a science, sciencey background. You know, let's, let's science. I kind of knew that science was full of shit, but I was yeah. like, hey, let's look yeah. what science has to say. So here are my, and I'll, I'll read them for people because most of my listeners yeah. are just listening. Yeah. Science, check all that apply. Yes, duh, progress, iPhones and stuff. Mm-hmm. Choice number two, no, duh, myth of progress, nuclear annihilation and stuff. <laughs> Three, uh, science is a method, not a position statement. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary proof. Mm-hmm. You get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. Instricably linked to scientific materialism or other. Yeah, it's so fascinating. Like, okay, so science, science, like what, you know, the scientific method, yeah. you know, I would say is extraordinary claims will require extraordinary proof uh, as a method, not a position statement, right? But like what we see in the world, 
I mean, you get what you pay for, right? <laughs> I mean, I think it's exactly. I mean, it, it's a method. It is the, the, the scientific mm -hmm. method. I mean, that's that's what science is. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, you know, you get a hypothesis and you test it, right? And, uh, you know, you, you test those results versus your hypothesis and you go from there. So, I mean, and, and that's once, once you kind of have something, I don't want to use the word settled because... <laughs> That's, science is that's right. so much of the, the problem we're in right now by beyond based on those words. But, you know, you kind of uh, deem things like then you base it on this science. You would go make other conjectures and test those. Right. So, uh, yeah, I think but I think it is it's a good question just because it is it everything we're up against really is based on this principle of I mean, right now we're in this time where you know, everybody's saying the science is settled, you know, follow the science. I believe in science. Mm. I mean, these are things people are saying all over the place, but what does it really mean? Right? Because, because really what it means, you know, is when they say the science is settled, that that gets changed all the time. We've seen that throughout history. What, what we believed was science at one point gets tested by someone else, someone who thinks outside of the box generally and tested a different way. And we find out that we were wrong. Science is not, it's not a definition of how things are. It's uh, it's, it's a method. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Megan, and, um, what do you think? Um, with these so guys I, or no? I have a bit, I get, I get a little bit, I get a little bit panicky on the spot. Oh. So I'm probably going to skip until I'm ready to jump in. You're good. You're good. Yeah, I'm going to skip for now. You're good. Um, I think, uh, gosh, I was listening to your Whitley Strieber episode. And I think he said that we are way too early. I wrote it down, but we are way too early in our development as human beings to have beliefs, we need to be finding the right questions, right? Yeah, I thought that yeah. was such a good, good point, man. Yeah, and well, I, go, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, I was just gonna say, you know, right now, like there's kind of this whole, uh, like like people call it like scientism, right? Like it's like science has become like this religion that people believe in and they, they put all their eggs in this basket, you know, as opposed to, you know, and they, it's, I don't know. It's just ridiculous. I guess is that is my point there, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I, I, it the idea of science goes against the nature of believing in it to that extent, right? Like, yeah, without questioning. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I had a couple of things here that I, I are interesting to me in my quirky way of looking at it. One is that always it took me a while to really dig into this, but this extraordinary claims require extraordinary proof is really counter to the idea of science mm. if you really think about it because what science says is that we can't judge claims as extraordinary until we just have to run the test everything the extraordinary biases it says that there's this meta-knowledge above things that as as you were alluding to science is settled we already know science is known nothing settled everything is extraordinary or not extraordinary it just has to be tested who would who would deem extraordinary proof to be extraordinary proof again when i started i was looking at parapsychology you know mm -hmm. like esp or like one of my favorite guys rupert sheldrick dr rupert sheldrick from cambridge mm -hmm. university who uh actually was nice enough to write the forward to my first book and he he nice. wrote a book of his own called dogs that know when their owners are coming home have you ever heard of that book no mm -mm. It was a great, just a great book. And he's a very buttoned down Cambridge kind of guy. 
but a biologist and a good biologist. And he had observed, reported that people were saying, hey, my dog seems to know when I'm coming home. And my wife, you know, I'm I, the guy drives a truck and he goes, you know, a delivery truck. He goes, I come home at all different hours. My wife says 15 minutes before I get home, the dog can't hear it. The dog's right there. So Sheldrick starts getting so many of these reports that he says, I mean, this is how science is done. It starts with anecdotes. It starts with observation. And then they go in and do the testing. So that's what Sheldrick does. And he found rather conclusive evidence that he put together and published in a peer, multiple peer-reviewed uh, papers that these dogs did seem to have, if you really love your dog and your dog is super smart in that way, sometimes your dog can know when you're coming home. So, and uh, some of the debates we had on that long time ago was with some of his detractors. And that was always their claim is that extraordinary claims require extraordinary proof. And it suggests that science is something that it's not. Science is just brutally chugging out. It's a it's a it's a method, like we're saying. It's not a position statement. Science doesn't say anything. Science is just a toolbox. Mm -hmm. But the other thing I think that we have a sense of, that we all have a sense of, is, and you'll hear, especially some people in our community say this, and sometimes there's a truth to it, but sometimes I think they pound on it too hard, is, and that's that myth of progress, you know? Mm. We all understand that that freaking iPhone hasn't necessarily made things better, you know? Mm. I mean, iPhone one was great. iPhone two and three was great. But now we're at a point where we're like, whoa, is this really progress? And then if you look at AI, you know, artificial intelligence, mm -hmm. strong AI and some of what that's bringing. And we're going, wow, are you sure we don't need to tap the brakes on this a little yep. bit? Yeah. So I think we all have a sense of science has kind of diluted us into this myth of progress or this that progress might be coming at a, a, on a different scale that we don't always measure. And that's where, Ed, you talk about scientism, I think is is right on, you know, it's it, it becomes uh, another religion. Absolutely, certainly, absolutely. Certainly. Consciousness. Consciousness. Yes, man. You guys, wanna re you guys wanna read that one? Sure, you wanna do it? You wanna sure. do it, Megan? Yeah, okay, uh, you wanna do it, Ed? Sure. Yeah. Consciousness, check all that apply. One, yes. I'm in here. It's the only thing we know for sure. Two, mind is an epiph epiphenomenon, epiphenomenon yeah. of brain activity. Three, consciousness is an illusion. Mm. Daniel Dennett. Four, consciousness is probably nothing. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Five, a social construct. Sam Harris. Seven, did I skip six? Uh, <laughs> there's no numbers on yeah. <laughs> if god is dead the only philosophical question is suicide mm -hmm. albert camus consciousness is fundamental we are in consciousness do you mean the hard problem of consciousness do you mean the easy problem of consciousness interesting now yeah that's is a whole more? is that all of them yeah that's all of them let, let me uh let me go first on this one because this okay. is kind of this is kind of my thing Totally. Yeah, and this is, this is awesome sure. because this is something I really was hoping to get into with you a little bit sure. because it's kind of, I love, I've done a lot of looking into like the artificial intelligence and like, you know, all the different containment problems and all that easy problem, hard problem. So this is something that really fascinates me too and how it relates to consciousness. So I'm really excited to get into that with you. Yeah. So uh, consciousness is kind of a, a, a nerdy way of saying that voice inside our head, right? But it turns out to be 
kind of the fundamental question in all this stuff. When we're talking about scientism and we're talking about this idea that, you know, science can answer everything, the roadblock really comes down to consciousness and this question of whether you are just a product of your brain or whether you are something more. And uh, what science, th this is like, guys, you know, I, I, this is what made me a conspiracy guy. Yeah. I started out just looking at science. And when I realized the how they've perpetrated this bullshit lie that gets told to our kids when we take them to school and they go, you're nothing. You're really a biological robot in a meaningless universe. You, your life doesn't really have any meaning. Yes, you love your mom and your dad, but it's not real love. It's just kind of a social construct what they're really doing is dividing you from their spirit, from your spirituality, but they're yeah. layering it on top with this whole thing that says, no, this is proven facts. And it is because you are an epiphenomenon of brain activity. So you use really fancy words like that. So you think, oh yeah, they really must know what they're talking about. And the thing is that every scientific experiment we've ever done since the old double slit experiment mm -hmm. way back in the day, which is really a consciousness experiment, mm -hmm. that's what mm -hmm. that is, has verified over and over again that consciousness is real, that consciousness mm -hmm. is not an illusion. Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know, the, the kind of main spokesman for science as we All know right. it, Consciousness is probably nothing. This is like one of the most stupid, absurd yeah. things that anyone would ever say. Yeah. There isn't a culture on the world at this time or in any time frame we can look at that would believe this, that ever they would roll on the ground laughing if you said that there's there's nothing to to everything that we are. And you know, even philosophically, philosophers all through the ages have pointed out that really the only thing that you can ever know is that you're in here. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if you guys are robots. You yeah. could be, maybe you're could AI. Be. Could be, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. only thing I can know is that I'm in here. So the fact that these nitwits who were putting up on the highest altar of science are perpetrating this, like I spent five years just being angry and pounding on all those atheistic scientists in their mm -hmm. in their babble until i realized fuck, the reason they're doing it is part of the conspiracy it's because mm -hmm. if i'm going to control you if megan i'm going to tell you how to run your family and you know your kids and your husband all that stuff do i want you thinking you're a magnificent endless being uh, of of possibility or do i want you to think you're a meaningless robot mm -hmm. in a in a meaningless world and you really have there's really nothing to you 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 were just created by whatever is going on in your head i want the nothingness stuff mm -hmm. if i'm in the control game so anyways guys that's my uh that's my wow that's spin on that's such a great point. Like if, yeah, you if you're going to control the narrative at that level. So that's why, you know, the Neil deGrasse Tyson's get propped up. You know, I, when I first started getting into podcasts, like just as a consumer, you know, one of the ones I stumbled across across was Sam Harris. And I was like, I liked the things he was saying quite a bit. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you know, but, but his view, like, like not like no free will, like we don't have free right. will, like all right. that stuff. It's like, wait a minute, hold on. Like it was kind of confounding. 
you know, I have to give him credit though. That's where he turned me on to a author named Max Tegmark um, from, I think MIT uh, who wrote a book called life 3.0. Have you ever read that or heard of it? I've heard of it, but I know I haven't read it. What'd you take it's, out it's of that? Great. It's so amazing. Like it just, it starts off as like just a kind of a, a fictional account of like what would have like a scenario as if AI, like actual, you know, general AI were to come online. Um, and it's fascinating. And it just like lives in the, in the machines for a long time. and doesn't reveal itself and like amasses its own wealth. And then it's, it's crazy. Like it's a super, but then it just, the whole book goes on to describe just all kinds of different scenarios and possibilities and philosophical dilemmas, you know, like, like, um, the containment problem, the alignment problem and all these things. And it's just like, Whoa. So it's a great book. I thought it was fascinating, but, um, you know, I don't know. And that, that's just such a, that's, I mean, that's the core of that question there is like, I mean, the hard problem being like, if we can figure out like the biological, physiological things that in our brains that create consciousness, right. Am I right? Isn't that kind of what it is? Like, like, uh, like, like what is the physiological components of our brain that create consciousness? If we can replicate that theoretically, we could artificially create it, but I don't know. See, I think a lot of that's transhumanism bullshit that yeah. they've spun into something that's, it's very interesting. Yeah. And, and it's not that there aren't real real questions there and good ideas but i mean i always think the hard problem of consciousness is so interesting because it's another yeah. trap like the hard conscious of, of the hard problem of consciousness has been that okay we understand how memory works we understand how perception works but how do you know how the the smell of a rose you know mm -hmm. how do you you know store that or or, or love you know mm -hmm. hard problem and the problem with that is we don't know how memory works mm -hmm. all the things that they say are the easy problems of consciousness we have no we have no idea you know it, it, and i shouldn't say we have no idea but the further we get into it the further we realize we don't you know and jumping off into kind of another topic but like mm -hmm. if you look at entheogens hallucinogens you know like mm -hmm. really famous experiment was done just a few years ago in the uk by this guy named uh, dr david nutt really one of the highly kind of a weird name but mm -hmm. one of the most highly regarded guys in the uk and they took these people and they gave them psilocybin and they put them under an fmri and they go okay get ready you're gonna see that brain light up like a christmas tree now because they're having this incredible trip right mm -hmm. no it's the opposite the brain quiets down in the fmri mm. what it supports is this idea that a lot of people have said from a long for a long time is your brain is the inhibitor the kind of valve that keeps the consciousness out because if you really opened yourself up like some people do when they have a near-death experience or they have a, a a spiritually transformative experience or they trip out you know it's an expanded consciousness so your brain is not creating it it's just er, limiting it down to a way that oh. you, that's that would be one of the conclusions you might come to from the from that so yeah wow that's a good way to think of it and i yeah I, i've liked everything you guys have said on this topic <laughs> but uh you know i think coming at it from a little bit different of an angle just i mean i feel like myself i came from a place where i i wasn't ever atheist but i was more uh you know you can't understand it so uh um what's the point what's yeah. the point kind of deal but I think more as I've gotten into this movement and I've looked at things, you know, like I think kind of what you said, it's just like this, this 
thinking that way has been used to control us. But I think like, as I've opened my mind up and I've seen how big the lies I've been told are, like it's just expanded and I've noticed more things and the spirituality, like I feel like in, in my life right now, like I'm just looking around, I feel like I'm running, like I'm on this, this journey and I keep running into these people that I, I feel like people I've maybe seen in another life or just like I've seen deja vu. Like now that my mind's open to like these things being possible, possible, like, I feel like I'm seeing that all over the place. Right. Like, like, and I'm, uh, so I believe there, there's just something more we, we can't, and maybe we can't explain it. And it just, and that's, that's just gotta be okay. Right. I, you know, when you bring up like the, the, um, the hallucinogens too, like, and I, I have this one experience, right. It's like my one like experience that, that I, I knew for a fact happened, but I could never explain it. I was, uh, I was, I went out and did some LSD with a bunch of people. We were out in the woods and uh, just at the peak of this thing, just, it was the middle of the summer and this just huge storm came over us and it just poured rain on us. And I knew at that moment that the energy that we were creating was tied to that. Like these, these, these things were connected. Right. And I've never been able to explain it, but I like, mm -hmm. I know there's more than, than, than we understand. And, and I'm, and like, like I said, we've been lied to at a level that, you know, I think they don't want us to understand that. And I'm not saying that they have it figured out, but at the same time, uh, I'm open, you know, and I'm, I'm open to see these coincidences and, and recognize them at this point, you know? Totally. Well, I fully think that we're consciousness or spiritual beings, however anyone wants to look at that inside of meat suits. <laughs> and I think that um, everything that, that we've seen throughout the history of the world has been, you know, the powers that be trying to corrupt and pervert us from the knowledge of that, you know, the hardening of our pineal glands and, you know, trying to keep us distracted with low vibrational energy, you know, alcohol, drugs, you know, yeah. you know, sex, one partner after the next, after the next, you know, there's pornography everywhere you look and it's just to keep us distracted and, and thinking that that is the higher way to go. Because it's like you say, if human beings really became aware of what we are and the implications of what that is, it turns everything on its head. And they certainly don't want, I mean, when you go down the conspiracy rabbit holes, to me, this is clear evidence of them constantly turning humanity from the things that would be um, their higher selves, their higher purpose, you know, the ability yeah. to tap into our own consciousness, you know, I break it down even for like, you know, divine masculine, divine feminine, you know, the things that we do to um, utilize and bloom in, in the gifts of the suits that we have based on the consciousness that we are. Um, and it puts, a, it puts that consciousness into a physical place for us to be able to, you know, thrive and interact with others. So, I mean, really, really, shortly i guess that's that's what i would say that's what i believe well said well said absolutely Holy yeah God. i got i got a bunch of thoughts that spring to mind there but i'm gonna hold yeah. up because i think we're gonna get there the same the same way so uh okay, okay megan you want to read the next one Oh geez, well I don't have my glasses on, and I can't. Oh okay, okay, okay. I, I no hate, problem. I hate when I sometimes when I have to read, I have to do the like the little old lady squint, and I don't like anyone to see me doing that. So I'm no gonna problem. ask somebody else to read only because otherwise I'm very squinty. Go ahead. I can, I can, okay, Scott, you're gonna go for it. Okay, I'll go for it. Yes. Yeah, so we got skepticism. Skepticism. Check all that applies. So skepticism is a part of science. Skepticism implies meta knowledge and is counter to science. Uh, skepticism. Don't be so open-minded that your head falls out. 
uh, inquiry to per- perpetuate doubt is a good thing and don't be a chump or other <laughs> or other or other. Anyone, anyone want to take a stab at that? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, skepticism, I, I like skepticism is a part of science. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's for me. Like, I think, um, I mean, when I think of the scientific method, you know, you're, you're putting out your hypothesis, then you're trying to disprove it really. Like that's, that's the idea of what you're trying to do. So I think, you know, uh, any science, whether it's, it's been proven or whatnot, you know, we should always be skeptical because it, it is, like I said earlier, I, I think it's these out of the, outside of the box thinkers that come, come up with ideas that, that change everything. Right. And, and advanced technology or whatever it is. So that's my opinion. Totally. I like the one. Don't be so open-minded that your head falls out. You know, I, uh, I think that's great. Like, Sunday I, school, right? Yeah. I love, I love being open-minded and like these days, like Ed was just saying, man, like I'm, I'm pretty much open to anything, man. Like these, you know, this, so many doors have been opened and uh, I've, I've questioned so many things and found completely different answers than what I guess I was originally told. And so, you know, I mean, I have to, I have to, I mean, that's part of this curiosity that keeps us going is, is the open-mindedness piece of it. Um, I totally believe it's part of science. You know, you have to have that, um, implies meta knowledge and is counter to science, I guess. I don't know. I'm not sure. I guess I don't know. I would need clarification. What do you mean by that one? See that? That's where I was kind of. That's why I was yeah. kind of leading you. These are like trick yeah. questions. Yeah. Hey, look out! I got some trick questions. In here. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah. one of the things I learned along the way is that the the skeptical people, they've owned that. They've taken that word and they've convinced us that it's a part of science. Mm-hmm. No, it's not a freaking part of science. I mean, mm-hmm. let's say you're a really good scientist. And you think vaccines cause harm to children, right? That's what you think. Do you have to be skeptical of that? No, you just have to run really, really good randomized control trials over and over again. And then you have to replicate them. And then you have to get other people to replicate them. And you have to be fair and honest about interpreting the results. You don't have to be skeptical. You can be a cheerleader. You can be a hater. It doesn't matter. The good science, the method, it all should wash out. This idea that they've planted that you've got to be skeptical and you're not skeptical and why aren't you? You're, you know, bullshit. Good science fixes all of that just by following the method. (coughs) Anyways, that's my take. Well, what I kind of took that to mean is that, like, okay, so if I see something that maybe, I doesn't ring true to me. Like the skepticism of what brings me to the scientific method to begin with, right? The skepticism of maybe, maybe the earth isn't flat. Maybe I need to do some studies, you know? But see, I guess the point I'm making is what they've kind of tried to tell us is that, you know, they're going to decide. It's kind of like related to the extraordinary claims require extraordinary proof. They're Mm going to tell us. Mm-hmm. what the extraordinary claims are. They're going to say, mm-hmm. no, 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 that's extraordinary. You need a new level to prove that. No, science just says, no, everyone's on the same level. You have to do good work. You have to achieve, if it's statistical, you have to achieve this statistical significance. You have to do peer review because peer review isn't perfect, but peer review matters. I interviewed the skeptic, Michael Shermer, and he tried to tell me peer review is a red herring because he didn't like the near-death experience research that consistently mm-hmm. shows that consciousness survives bodily death. So what does a skeptic do when he doesn't like the data? He says, oh, well, peer review is a red herring. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary proof. And the same thing, they say, hey, you want me to be skeptical, don't you? I said, no, it doesn't matter. You want to be the biggest cheerleader in the world for flat earth? 
I don't care. Prove it. You want to be a flatter denier? You still have to prove it one way or mm -hmm. another. It's it's not about this idea that you have to be skeptical per se. You just yeah. have to do good science. Yeah. 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 And, and I may I just I would expand on that though that um I think there's a lot of uh, I don't know if bad science is the right way of putting it, but there's a lot of science that's been uh directed that, that we're looking at. I mean, totally right. The the vaccine example, you know, I mean, I mean, go try to get a study of uh, aluminum and vaccines right now. Go get one totally. funded. Can't get it done, right? So exactly. there are a couple guys that are they're working on this stuff, but they're very niche, uh, you know, on the edges and not have to get funding. They're, they're not getting it from the normal sources, right? Yeah. So don't be surprised um, if they end up dead, dude. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and, well, absolutely. That's that's true too. You know, there's a whole history of that. But yeah. I mean, I I, I guess if I'm going to drive this point into the ground, Ed, I'd say, you know, what do they say about, quote unquote, the anti-vaxxers? They say you should be skeptical of that. You should be very skeptical of that. And the, they tie it to this idea that, well, that's an extraordinary idea. You know, it's an extraordinary idea. It, it, it requires extraordinary sure, sure, proof. Sure. And, and I think what you're saying, and I've just heard a couple of your shows, but I heard like one of the studies you brought forward and you got, look, the guy goes through a study. He's followed all the right procedures. He's published in a peer reviewed journal and they're still shooting it down. See, that's kind of to my point. Yeah. Yeah. They're telling you, well, you have to be skeptical and we got to say, no, we just have to be scientific. Sure. Mm -hmm. And if it's sure. good science, it stands on its own. Yeah. And then we look at some of the junk science that's been done, and we have to be able to pull that apart too and say, yeah. you know what, that science fails because of this, this, and this. Sure. But sure. And not that science is the answer, because it's obviously not. But sure. we're going we're gonna to need good science going forward, because where they've taken it is next frickin' level in yeah, terms totally. of you know i'm just putting together a show on uh, on masks yeah you know and i i, I mean i, I just bad. i can't resist yeah. just doing two minutes on that but yeah the two minutes would be you know they've looked at masks as whether or not they're effective in stopping the spread of influenza covid you know covid we had that years for years now you know yeah. and sars and all that they've looked at it they've done the studies they did the studies in hospitals they did good studies randomized control trials and what they found over and over again was that it doesn't really make a difference if you wear a mask or not now and then you know i was point, I point out to people is like well how could that be it's like doesn't a mask stop you it's like Hey, when you were four years old, your mom told you, cover your mouth when you cough. That was good. That was good advice. You know, if you're sick and you yeah. go to cough or sneeze, cover your mouth so you don't spread it. But that doesn't answer the question of whether it's good health policy for the whole public. Because here's one possibility, right? Maybe most people, when they're sick, they already cover their mouth. So maybe masks aren't necessary. I'm not saying that's true. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, what science would say is that you have a real question there, that we can understand that masks, you know, can stop the little droplets coming out of your head. Anyone can understand that in five minutes. But the larger question is, are they, uh, are they effective health policy for the general population? We have to do the science. And here's the point I'll leave you with without going, uh, spending a half hour on it. They already did the research, and two years ago, 
no one wore masks. When SARS came out, it wasn't mandated. Why not? Because they had already done the work and they knew it. So what changed? And that's what I'd ask people. I'll just leave it at that. And I'd say, what changed? And like, what would have to change? What would have to change for science to reverse that position? And then go look at it. Were there a bunch of new, well-done, randomized controlled trials that showed that maybe COVID-19 is different or, or showed that, hey, that prior research was wrong and it really is. What, what, what I think, the, if, if someone really looks into the masks and understands the science and the science method, you, under, you reveal the p- pandemic. And, and wasn't there, uh, there was a study I, I, somewhere over, I think in like Norway or someone, somewhere like that, where they, they did find that uh, there was a negligible, negligible difference. Like they, they did a, a, a study and, but, and it was something like, you know, you're at a point one, two percent chance less of contracting it. If you had the mask on, it was like, it was, it was considered negligible. So there, there, there is some science that, that's even more recent that they've done on that specific issue. But what, what I was bringing to the point is, and I know we're kind of doing an overall thing on this, but specifically to this point, what I want to see is what are the negative effects of wearing Absolutely. a mask for, for this long? Like that's, that's the science we should be and it. You know, I mean, I always come back to the vaccines too. I mean, cause that's kind of where I came into this is what the CDC is sitting on so much data. Why don't we have a vax versus unvax? Why don't they just look through the data they already have? Like, like, let's go, let's look at that and just answer this question for, for final. You, you could do it. It's, it's the data is there. I know it. Yeah. I think the masks were, the masks were, were, I mean, the studies too, that nobody talks about is the, the psychological damage behind the masks. And I think, and we say all the time that those masks are the visual representation of this virus. So that's another reason why they have to enforce it so, so hard. You can't have one or two or 10 people in a community not wearing it because it lets other people know that, Hey, they're still alive and thriving and they're okay. So maybe I'll be okay too. And it starts people thinking for themselves and they simply can't have that. So that whole entire part of it, you know, when people start getting into it with me about like the droplets and like, you know, look, I can, you know, blow, look, I put carpet, carbon dioxide for my kids, all that. Yes, I'm on board with all that. I, I get that part. But what about the real part, which is, you know, the mind screw was the whole point behind all of it. Because without those masks, there is no pandemic. There is no COVID. Everyone just goes on about their lives. And so to me, that's the glaring report that's missing. And, and all of the data that they, you know, bury and suppress, it has to do with the real loss of life because of this that they've done shutting down people and, and uh, you know, just the, the psychological damage. Anyway, sorry, I get, I'll get carried away on that, but that's, that's the part that resonates most deeply with me. And, and as soon as they started that crap, that's the first thing that I thought is that they need to have us be in compliance. They need to have us visually be afraid all the time. They need to have us, you know, looking at who's the enemy, who's the neighbor that's not wearing, who's unsafe, who's unsafe. These people aren't, you know, safe to be around me and mine. You know, the, the whole thing was just like this little psyop, this little war that they started among, you know, the people of the world, really. So. Absolutely. I agree with you. And uh, I, I think it's super powerful what you're saying. And it, I think it, all of us, it just kind of tightens up your gut because it, <laughs> it's very dark. It is very, very dark. Yes. What I'm trying to, to kind of put forth is kind of from what I've done, kind of come in from the science world and talking to so many of these scientists, there's a way to construct these arguments 
that these guys are very, very good at that can, and we've seen it happen, that can totally pull the debate and pull us into, you know, these dark alleys where no one winds up and we wind up talking about flat earth kind of stuff. I think that's part of the plan too. So I'm down with what you're saying. I'm just offering another way of looking at this that I'm not sure a lot of people, and it's not like I got this, you know, it's like, you, I'll, I could, I can't, I should bring up the guy who kind of really uh, turned me on to this. But, but I, I would go back and say, from a scientific, because I think you can hold people's feet on, to the fire on this really simply. Say, we didn't wear the masks before because they had done the work and they had proven that they weren't effective. They weren't necessary, they, they didn't have a, a big result. What changed? And then put hold someone's feet to the fire and say, where are the really good studies? Because all the things you're saying, Megan, like, hey, we know that there's some risks in wearing masks all the time. We haven't even calculated that. Yeah. It, we have physical risks, psychological mm -hmm. risks, like you're saying. So without even factoring those in, what was the science that caused us to make that big shift and hold somebody's feet to the fire and make them say, okay, it's like a vaccine thing. It is like the vaccine thing. Show me, show me the science. And they can't show you the freaking science because it doesn't exist. And especially when they came out in March and said, mask up, there was no science anywhere that, that, that would compare to the meta-analysis that had been done, the multiple studies and the meta-analysis that had been done prior. And you can, that's one where you can score a mark and hold somebody's feet to the fire and say, yeah, you know, well, we didn't have the mask right now. Where is the science for that? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah, but don't masks work? They thought, yeah, sure, okay, masks work, but where's the science? Because we didn't use them. Why do we need them now? Anyway. No, that's yeah. that's true, man. We, very, very we can get lost totally in this agree. one forever. Just start, you know, our yeah. friend, our friend Ricky Verandas, Ripple Effect podcast, just had a uh, David, Doctor David E. Martin on the other night. Uh, you know, the guy from the Pandemic movie, and he was like, he's like putting it out there just as a challenge, saying like, you know, I'm putting my credibility online. Anybody, anyone, any fact checkers want to come up and debate me on this issue? Like, there's not a single study that that proves you know viral transmission from one person to another with Matt. You know, like there's no study that doesn't exist. And I'll go toe to toe with anybody in the world. Bring it. And he's like, all right, cool, hell yeah. So no, right on. Yeah. Anyway. So you're right. Yeah. That's, that's encouraging. Spirituality. Whoa. You Ed, you're up. All right. Spirituality. Check all that apply. Yes. Who am I? Why am I here? No, I am a biological robot in a meaningless universe. Deal with it. <laughs> Maybe I'm agnostic. No, really. I'm really, really agnostic. <laughs> IDKIDC. I don't know. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It only matters if you believe it. Mm. That's not a question. <laughs> Evidence suggests extended realms of non of consciousness exist and interact with us mm. or other or other. Yeah. I would say people listening, if you guys have any others for any of these, like throw them down in the comments. I'd love to see them. It's cool. Um, yeah. What do you think? Oh, I, I'm again, I mean, I'll, I'll jump right in and say, you know, especially, Cause I came from a spot where I was, I was almost leaning atheist. I feel like I, I came out of like being the brainwashed side. Right. Like, I feel like I, I ate right into what I was fed for a long time. Right. And like, at this point, like, yeah, I just a hundred percent believe in spirituality. I think it's, it's there. It's real. I'm trying to come in contact with it. However, 
I possibly can. I don't really um, necessarily understand it, but um, there's, there is things greater than us happening. And we are just uh, like, like I said, I look at it, we're on a journey, man. Like Mm -hmm. try to notice the things that uh, along your own, the the things that um, the coincidences that aren't maybe coincidences. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I think, I think you just nailed it. Like if I were to say other, like what you were saying too, what initially initially came to my mind was the, the journey part, like it's a journey and it can mean anything for anybody, you know, like, like my interpretation of it is probably different than everybody else's. And that's, that's the beautiful part about it. You know, Um, I get to have my version of it and everybody else gets to have their version of it too. Um, I think that's really important part, but, um, like, I know, I know you were saying, Alex, that like, you know, the question of yes, who am I, why am I here is like the, the, the penultimate question, right? Like that's, that's the big, the big one there. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think that it's, it's to me, I don't even want to put it in a box. I don't like to define it or label it because if I do that, I'm limiting it. I like it to just be something that I can't even comprehend. Cause if I could comprehend it, then that would make me some kind of God and I don't want to be that. And so like, I just like to leave it open, you know, but yes, with just without any sort of um, constraints, I guess. Yeah. Just, just stay open. That's it. <laughs> uh, I say yes, uh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, spirituality. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I think it's not a question, but I think that kind of goes back to one of the earlier questions where it's, you know, whether or not we've been corrupted against ourselves and we're not able to access or tap into or be aware of it. I mean, I think a lot of the things that people shut themselves up about those inner voices or those inner dialogues or those gut feelings, the hair on the back of your neck, we could go off on a million different ways of perceiving that. But I think that that is directly tied into a spiritual realm. And I think that those are powerful um, guideposts and indicators that, you know, as you lean on those things or listen to those things or practice being in tune with those things more and being in um, alignment within your own spirituality, within your physical body, I think that that um, broadens and expands. So, yeah. Wow. And, and I just, I'm just going to touch on, I mean, I know something that you're probably know a lot about, but uh, I know a little bit about, but uh just, just the idea of the, the the transference or whatever happens when we die and our energy leaves. I think there there is, you know, I've listened to, a, you know, uh, Dr. Zach Bush did an interview with Del Bigtree uh, last year that was just really powerful to me. Just someone who lived in the nursing homes and would sit with all these people as their, you know, as their energy left. And it just, it just really touched me. And it's just like, there is, I, I think that dictates so much of how how and why people do things thinking that this life just ends at that point right if if we are a spiritual being that that um this is just the meat suit as megan said right like it changes your whole outlook on everything right and and i think that's really important and i i'm honestly like i'm like how i've seen and viewed things have like changed so much even maybe just this year really you know Mm -hmm. just seeing what what's the what's been perpetrated this lie that's been perpetrated against us right and just realizing like how big that lie is and uh but and, and just all the coincidence like I, I use the word coincidences but like i i think they're a lot more than that right like that this this is um they're like almost they're guideposts for me right mm-hmm. they're they're things for, i'm supposed to see to um to make the, the next right steps in my life you know and i'm just recognizing that more and more so yeah as far as just like uh, coincidences i think I, I think of it the same way like kind of like mile markers like i might veer off throughout my day but sometimes some synchronicity will occur or something will happen and it'll be like okay for whatever else i've done like in this particular split second i'm right where i'm supposed to be and and, and sometimes they happen in like rapid succession like i think i had a few just today you know just weird 
like I'll be I'll be listening to something like on the headphones and then like, the same word that is on the headphones I'm reading it on a screen somewhere or or I see the same words that drive by it's like okay I'm synced up right at this moment you know and it's like okay that's that's a good a good indicator that I'm on the right path right and I, and I could either choose to uh give some sort of value to it or not I could just be like oh coincidence sure or I can like f- choose to assign meaning to it and be like okay so there is something there and to me it's a lot more comforting and a lot more fulfilling to actually assign meaning to it and be like okay yeah that is cool i am on the right path right so (laughs) well it's really cool so many of those things one i think the meaning thing is interesting isn't it Mm -hmm. because it's like that's the one thing that falls out of this immediately is that we are just enmeshed in meaning everything mm-hmm. is meaning and it's again like we're talking about the 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 perpetrated fraud that yeah. meaningless right like you talk to the astrophysicist well there's no meaning in the universe well if there's no meaning in the universe and there can't i'm in the universe then there can't be any meaning and, and so they've taken it and they've inverted it mm-hmm. because the inversion is everything like you guys are saying man scott ed you both said the same thing everything is meaningful that's what you realize the more you get into it i mean i'm kind of wacky i've been getting more into like just trees you know like being outside and just going over and just touching the tree and just feeling the the energy and go everything is meaningful the other couple of things you said ed i just wanted to touch on real quick because i think they're they're uh really significant i think we all kind of have a little bit of a sense that what they've done here is that they've kind of overplayed their hand a little bit because in a way they've sparked this spirituality in all of us who are awake and the least bit we're like hey it's got to be more than this because when we look into their eyes they're so afraid and the biggest thing they're afraid of is death they're afraid of dying. You know, I, the, the interview I have up on uh, Skeptico right now is with this terrific woman. I really like her, although I've battled with her many times. Her name is uh, Leslie Kane. And Leslie, you guys know UFOs. Leslie wrote a super influential book about 10 years ago. UFOs, generals, pilots, and government officials go on the record. Very important book. And then she wrote a book, Surviving Death. And now... Netflix has made a series out of her surviving death book. It's top five on Netflix. So not everything on Netflix is demonic, just 90%. But if you're on, if you're on Netflix, check, it is an extraordinary series, six part series, you know, near death experience, after death communication, reincarnation, surviving death. And they did a fantastic job with it. And it's very, it's just, it's, it's, super science-based uh you know reincarnation they got a university of virginia dr jim tucker i've interviewed him on this show a couple of times he's got the goods man there's a it's just it's overwhelming the amount of scientific evidence and what it all says is what ed said is you it's you don't drop off the cliff something survives that megan's saying the same we're all saying the same thing we all realize it but what we what we're up against is something that one completely denies that there's anything more to you on one hand but the other thing it does is it has this little wink and a nod like 
well, there is something more and it's evil, demonic. It's, you know, do these horrible things because, hey man, do what thou wilt is really the only thing that matters kind of thing. Mm. That's the other ethos out there, right? So on mm. one hand, we're told, come on down. It's, <laughs> you're, you're meaningless and everything is meaningless. But then on the wink and the nod, it's kind of like, yeah, but you know, Johnny Depp, West Memphis 3, you know, all that kind of yeah. stuff too. So it's yeah. like, anyway. Totally. Yeah. Check out that, check out that show though. I yeah, think anyone totally. wants Absolutely. I've seen it on there, but. It's oh. great. It, it, I'll read the next one. Extended consciousness. What? And then second is angels and demons are baloney. Third is astral travel, out of body experience, shamanic journey, journeying. It's all baloney. After death communication, dream yoga, ET, telepathy. It's all baloney. Next is it's not baloney, but it's not what you think. Next is we're trying to learn more about this which is the agnostic easy way out for all this stuff. And then next is we're discouraging anyone from learning anything more about this. Yeah. What well, do you I guys find, think? I find it interesting that on there, you don't have one that says, heck yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I, I mean, we're discouraging anyone from learning more. About oh yeah. That's kind of, is kind of that. That's, yeah. that's what jumped out at me. Mm, interesting. I mean, absolutely. I, I, it's one of those things that it's like, you know, like with, with ghosts, right? Or anything really paranormal. It's like, until I see it or until I, I can see it with my own two eyes or feel it for myself, then I, I can't, I can't put any belief in it. Right. But it's like, I don't know. I don't know. There's a, see, I would say but, just but, like my, my one experience that I already shared here is falls into this category to me, right? Yeah. Like, like there, like this idea of this energy being connected, you know, to, to me, down on earth with a whole bunch of people just like i i yeah what i would tell you is just like there is so much concentrated energy and here we have this storm that blows in, in the middle of the the summer to me that's like in here i i feel like there's people that have gone farther out like i i can't explain any of this stuff but i'm willing to mm -hmm. i'm willing to entertain it right absolutely and that's, that's well that's what i was going to say too is like what I, my example i was using is like if i can't see it or believe, believe touch it then i don't believe it i was saying that that's an easy way to check yourself out and not uh, you know, put any thought or effort into maybe exploring this. But for me, I'm like, yes, let's do it. After death, dream yoga, well, telepathy, man, hundred percent. Let's not forget that, you know, it was, uh, um, it was a psychic that told David Icke that he was going to go out and, uh, you know, change the world with, with what he was going to be preaching way ahead of his time. Right. So like, I, I think there, there is something there. There is mm -hmm. something people are able to tap into that, that we don't maybe understand, but some people have gotten closer to it. Right. I mean, there's the whole thing with the like the the DMT realm and stuff like okay, that, yeah. right? There's like all these different yeah. like ideas out there, and you know, I mean, sure, I'm sure there's some like baloney shit in there too, but like at the same time, I think there there's some reality in there too, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's. I don't think any of that's not baloney. I think I think all of that's real, mm -hmm. and I I always go back the the whole angels demon things. To me, that is very clear. You can feel that energy. It is a palpable, real energy. You can see it in people's eyes. You can perceive it in circumstances around you. If you are at all aware or awake, you can see that. Um, so to me, that is a certainty as far as astral travel, out-of-body experience. I think absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I do think that that has to do with the fact that we are, again, for me, that we're this 
you know, spiritual, soulful being inside of this meat suit. And we can only perceive what we can through this, but we actually exist in a spiritual environment. Everything is spiritual going on around us, a spiritual worker all the time. There's good, there's bad. What people are doing from this terrestrial or, you know, human conscious plane to seek, you know, other dimensions of, of that or try to reach out or tap into the other dimensions. I mean, I've certainly talked to people who've experienced like astral travel and out-of-body experiences and have zero doubts hearing them explain to me and knowing what I know and perceiving what I do, that that, that did not happen for them. Um, so I, and I'm not saying anybody can just do it. And I don't think everyone's meant to do everything. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like with medicine or food or anything else, you don't blanket one thing for all of humanity. But I definitely think that that is a, a thing and it, it, it intrigues me deeply. So, <laughs> well, you can, you can have one size fits all vaccines, like the same dose for, oh, for indeed. Oh, a 600 course. pound how man could, and an infant baby. It's the same how one could size I fits all. How yeah. could I <laughs> Good science. You, you know, one thing, uh, Megan, I, 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 for the last year, I've been really interested in angels and angel stories and I'm spiritually kind of a dense guy. I don't have any really extraordinary experiences some dreams occasionally, some lucid dreams. And like my son was like, from the time he was eight, he was telling me about his lucid dreams. And I was like, I didn't even know what a lucid dream was until, you know, my own son kind of told me it. But anyways, I kind of digress. So I started looking on YouTube and anyone can do this. There's this old, it's kind of churchy, but it's great stories, angel stories with real people. And these people tell these encounters that they had. And you look at these people and you know that they're like a whole family and they'll tell the story and they're not lying. And it's like truly no other way to explain it other than they encountered. We don't know what it is, but we'll call it an angel. The other thing I wanted to mention about uh, you, Ed, is, uh, you know, dude, what you're talking about there is like classic shamanic shit. Like, uh, and you mentioned David Icke. I don't know if you know his story, but I interviewed him and he told this story about he's he feels, you know, he has that kind of psychotic break on British TV, like back in the 80s or whatever that everyone remembers and calls him on. He goes, I was just, I had a break, you know, but he's driving in Peru and he's getting these messages, like, and the message says, pull over. Yeah. And he pulled, the, he has the guy pull over and he walks up this hill and he stands on this hill. And he said, it's the clearest blue sky in the world. And he says, within 10 minutes, this one cloud just emerges and it forms and it comes right over him and it just rains, the hardest rain right on top of him. And then it, it leaves. Lo and behold, I interviewed another guy who is uh, from Australia and he kind of helps people in these kind of shamanic kind of thing, kind of does the ayahuasca stuff, tells me the exact same story, almost to the word. He doesn't know David Icke, but the same thing. The spirit says, I'll show up there in five minutes. And what shows up is this wall of rain. That's like you can put your hand in it and take your hand out of it. It's a wall of freaking rain. And he talks to the shaman. The shaman go, yeah, that's a, that's like common story dude so i mean i don't know just to investigate yeah, that yeah. on your own but i think there's something to that maybe yeah for wow. sure definitely crazy hey uh next is evil okay <laughs> see you want to read it Ed? sure evil a social construct i know it when i see it satanic stuff 
satanic satanic panic, panic stuff yeah. who am i to judge do what thou will see the bible there is a moral imperative do good not evil god can't be all powerful and all good create better than the creator than the creator gods mm. <laughs> yeah i threw some weird ones in there interesting yeah any thoughts guys because i just wrote a book why evil matters how science and religion fumble the big one so wow i've been on this thing i've been on the evil thing people get tired of me talking about it no but I i've been talking about it for a while yeah it's in yeah what do you think i mean i, mean, I think there is definitely inherently evil i mean i, th I think to me like um i like to to pull it back to you know hurting other people right if, if what you does hurts other people and and you know there always becomes some gray area and in, in whatnot in there but uh you know i think there's there's an intuition in there too you know there's like you know i think of when i'm doing what is good and what is right um it's i'm trying to help others right like that is and i've always kind of thought that's kind of the the, the secret of life right like the secret to life is like to, to, to bring real joy and happiness to yourself is to, is to help others. And, you know, we always are so focused on helping ourselves and, um, and, and where if we're really focused on others, we get out of ourselves and, and we bring true joy. So th that's kind of the opposite. And so the antithesis is just so focused on yourself and consuming and, um, and whatnot, I think, lead you down the evil path and when you're hurting others and and you're just concerned with yourself i i mean i think that's kind of the that's kind of the i don't know how that's how i the intuitive way i can explain it right that's the intuitive way i know evil but um but i think there is a certainly a simple version of just like you know hurting others hurting people is evil and that can that can be you know direct or very indirect right mm -hmm. So there's, there's a million different ways, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, well, I think that evil is for sure. Um, and I think that I don't believe that evil can exist in a spiritual plane that is clean. Um, so I think that you can have someone that doesn't have a clean spiritual space that commits acts that are, you know, immoral or hurtful or wrong and those things. And they're not an inherently evil person. And then there are people who are aware that they are disconnected or they simply don't care. Um, but all of these things I think are a condition. These are spiritual conditions. Again, I think, I believe that we live, you know, in these fleshy suits in a spiritual realm. And so what, what we have there is in my, to my belief system, um, and the things that I've seen and experienced that there is, there's good and there's evil, or I would say there's clean and there's not clean. Um, and so, you know, a lot of that has to, it, evil carries with it a very, very distinct energy. It is a common energy that you will find throughout evil acts, evil people, um, evil conduct that that resonates. And when you talk about, you know, like I've had, you know, in particular, you know, like child molestation, things that happened to me when I was little. But when you talk to somebody else who's maybe never talked about their experiences with being molested as children, or, you know, you can take any form of abuse. I mean, this is just one of two trillion things we could go off on. But the experiences and the things that happen, the kind of interactions and exchange that happens in those circumstances is the same across the board because that uh, degree of evil energy carries with it, whether it's in, you know, in Italy or in the US or in China, it doesn't matter. That is an evil energy. It comes from an evil spirit. 
Um, and there's all different sorts of those spirits that carry that evilness. Um, and so, like I say, I think that, you know, there's this misperception, I think about, you know, if somebody does something wrong, it makes them an evil person. Well, that's, that's not what evil is. Evil isn't the act in and of itself, but it is the condition of somebody's true nature. Um, and I don't um, also believe, like, I think that you can have somebody who's maybe a, a little bit asleep and have, you know, done things throughout their lives that aren't the best and have, you know, I guess, become an evil outcome in somebody's life or a bad outcome in somebody's life and have that still not be a seed of evil. Those are things that can be, be healed. But I think that, again, that you cannot have something clean existing within a true evil entity. And so there, there being evil doesn't heal evil is what it is. It doesn't dissipate. It doesn't water down. It doesn't get replaced. Um, it, it is. And so that's, no. that's wow. what I see. That's what I believe. <laughs> You're going to make me go after that. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> well, at least I didn't wait to go last this time. <laughs> no, that's great. Uh, man, I don't know. I think, um, I think you, you said there's so many good things there. I think it is, it is, it's just an energy and a force that exists and, and it fluctuates and, and maybe it shows up to different degrees in different places different people but maybe it's like a constant energy maybe kind of like like consciousness and maybe like kind of ebbs and flow i mean i just don't know um i think a lot of the stuff that's on the list here like the i know it when i see it is an interesting one because i think part of the nature of it is maybe to disguise itself to where you don't necessarily see it and sure. when it's coming you know um you know uh I agree. There's a moral imperative, do good, no, not evil. That's a good like philosophy to, to, if you're trying to live a good life, but then there's people like maybe who have fully given themselves to the dark side. Right. And then, then they thrive and, and feel like that's the energy that, that suits them more. And I, I just, you know, I can't, I can't relate to that, you know, um, who am I to judge? Interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, you know, I mean, I, I just, you know, I think I agree with Ed too. You know, I just, um, you know, I, I feel, Luckily, I'm just maybe maybe there's a lot of people that don't have a choice. Like me, I'm so thankful. Like I've thought this before. Like I'm so grateful that I don't have like these evil tendencies, and I'm so grateful that I don't want to like murder people or whatever. Like I'm just like yay. Like I got I lucked out. Is it a roll of the dice thing? Like did I just luck out that I don't have that in me or something? Or is it, at some point was I confronted with a choice where I could have yep. diverted one way or the other? Yes, that's you what know. I think. I just, totally. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. 10,000, million yeah. percent. That's okay. It. At some point you were presented with a choice when you were, and, and I think we, we always are like in our development, but mm -hmm. like when you're presented with like these options and for you, maybe they're just small at the time and you don't even, they don't even resonate with you, but those are soul choices. Those that's what soul you know, choices. they are. It's what it, it, it starts to like mold and shape the spiritual being that you are and the mm. way that your mind will, because our mind, you know, we have these very powerful minds, but again, with only a certain amount of understanding and a certain amount of perception that we can achieve and understand, but sorry to interrupt you. No, that, 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 that was anyway. it. I love that soul choices, man. I didn't name it that episode right there. Yeah. yeah soul choices. <laughs> Cause it's true. I mean, I knew somebody very, very closely who, you know, it was same thing where, um, I mean, and that's the nature of evil, right? Because nobody wants that around, but evil can't thrive on its own. Evil doesn't drink off of its own energy. Drink, evil drinks off of clean. Mm. Um, and so mm. that's the whole reason why it has to be camouflaged and look like something different and why evil energy is often very predatory. It has to disguise itself as something else because in and of itself, it can't sustain. It's empty. It can't be fulfilled. It can't be sustained in and of itself. It has to siphon something from the opposite in order to maintain its power and its strength. And that's why it moves through and wrecks havoc on other people. Mm. So. Yeah, man. So Alex, you wrote a book about it. What are, what are your thoughts? I think you guys totally nailed it. I mean, uh, in terms of what I think, mm -hmm. the one thing that I kind of 
add or throw out as a question to you, Megan, is I, 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 I just think what you said is super profound and, and it was really meaningful to me. I, I've heard some people also talk about darkness versus evil. And I think that can be helpful too, because darkness is that force that's undeniable and doesn't change. And then evil is our interaction with it. But my understanding and my belief from what I've learned, and I want to hear what you say, is we are good. We are all good. Even those who we see who are have made a bunch of bad choices and have gotten, I think I relate to what Scott said, have become only, they're only comfortable with the evil. They're only comfortable with that energy that moves through and not in a really destructive way. You can always choose good. And uh, one of the interviews that I did that for my book that really changed uh, me a lot was with a clinical psychologist named Tom Zinzer. And Tom worked with a lot of people in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, and he worked with a number of people who had been victims of satanic ritual abuse from the time they were young kids. They are not even responsible for it. It's just even another woman, Annika Lucas, who was sold by her mother to a satanic ritual cult when she's six years old in Belgium, part of the Dutro case, which anyone mm. can go and research if yep. you have any doubts. But the, the, my takeaway from, again, from Tom Zinzer is, you are good because part of the evil trick is to make you think that, oh, that's just the way that it is or that um, it's too far gone or, you know, I'm, I've done so many bad things or I've made a pact with some evil entity or something like that. You can always choose good mm -hmm. because you are good. That's your nature. You can always choose good. And that doesn't mean that we all, any of us know how it's all going to work out, but you can just choose good. You can look up. The secret of the ascent is to always look up. That's my favorite wow. quote. Wow. Oh, for sure. That's amazing. Great. <laughs> Love it. Sure. All right. Okay. Okay. No, no, then we're just going to move on. Hey, here, right up. Now we're hitting. Yeah. Truthzilla zone. Yeah. Truthzilla zone, baby. <laughs> okay. You're reading. Okay. Oh, here we go. This category is conspiracy theory. And check all that apply. Yes. No. Sometimes. The term conspiracy theory is a conspiracy. <laughs> uh, quote, large-scale large conspiracies would quickly reveal themselves. Um, what do all men with power want? More power. Uh, quote from the Oracle in The Matrix. Um, conspiracy theories, according to the Washington Post, are more dangerous than ever. <laughs> uh, the next one is, it's not what you think, and usually the best starting point. Mm, or well, other. Or other, yes, or or other. So I would just say, yes, um, I would say, you know, I, I know it's, this is the one that really stood out to me. So uh, usually the best starting point was one I did not select. And I noticed you did. And then I got, that's one of the ones that got me thinking like, oh yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah. I mean, obviously a lot of my deep dives have always started with like, dude, did you know the lady that runs the Amber alert was in prison in Haiti for child sex trafficking and Clinton busted her out of jail. Oh, what? I don't know. Hold on. <laughs> and so then you look into that and it's like, Oh wow. Yeah, it is all true. Wow. So it is a great starting point. Yeah. Um, more dangerous than ever. I just, you know, it's so scary. It's so scary. How dangerous to who more dangerous to the establishment. Well, Absolutely. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not dangerous yeah. to, you know, oh humanity. god yeah no that's that's i mean that's scary to me like the term is such a the... such a foul fraud it's such yeah. a bogus term that turns so many people off which was the whole point so that mm -hmm. people can't be awakened to what they need to know and understand and hear yeah 
or or when they when they say when I tell people, hey, did you know Jeff Bezos, who like doubled and tripled his wealth over the last nine months, owns the Washington Post? I mean, did you know that? They're like, no, that's conspiracy. No, dude. <laughs> yeah, come on. Um, and absolutely, what do all men with power want? More power, hundred percent. That's what we're seeing. Like when when you get to the point where, you know, money is no longer an object, and you have all the things in the world, it strictly becomes about power. And then that is uh, what we're seeing. That's what we're seeing. And then, you know, arguments can be made. I think what was it Charlie Robinson was saying? Like now you have like different factions. Like like you have like the World Economic Forum who's trying to be like the next Bilderberg. You know what I mean? Like they're they're like, like rivaling power factions sure, sure, and stuff like sure. that. Um, and and term conspiracy theory is a conspiracy sure yeah of course you know it was weaponized against us a long time ago right <laughs> so yeah yeah i don't even know if i know where to exactly go i mean you know we are i i as charlie robinson says also i feel like i'm more of a conspiracy analyst than you know someone who looks into conspiracy theories at this point because the world around me is just i mean the conspiracies are real like you know when you put the weird theory after maybe you you put me into a category that's that's not very accurate. So mm -hmm. it's, it does seem something that's like used against us very often, you know, and certainly I am the kind of person that when I hear something that um, doesn't sound right, I want to look into it. Mm -hmm. Right. And that doesn't say I just, I just believe it right away, but I'm going to go look at the evidence. And um, a lot of times I found the evidence that, that at the very least we've been lied to on what we're told. Uh, a lot of these things, I don't know exactly who and what is behind for sure. There's a lot of it, creates a lot more questions right so um yeah i, I mean it's, conspiracies are i mean we're our history is littered with conspiracies right and uh i mean i don't think we would all be sitting here discussing the things we do if if we didn't know that most of them are true right yeah. well literally every single conspiracy quote-unquote theory that i've ever looked into never ever truthfully leads back to their truth mm. ever so if we're looking at like, you know, the more that we pull the layers back on this matrix, the more I see that like just about, so I'm going to say just about, cause I want to be like scientific and give like a reasonable doubt to the other <laughs> side. But so far, every single thing that I have become aware of in the last few years, and in particular over the almost last year, as it's been like warp speed, us finding these things out, um, it, none of that leads back to what we were told, sold, made to repeat, forced to memorize, all of that is garbage. And that has opened up the world of truth for me. And I always just say that we're truthers. I say we're in a truther community um, mm -hmm. that, that we, you know, speak a, a well-informed or critical mind, you know, narrative, um, and that we encourage people to do those same things also. Um, but yeah, as far as like conspiracy theories, I mean, they're all true. <laughs> they're all of them true. So I haven't, I'm going to, I'm going to be fair and say, I haven't looked at the flat earth thing, but in the back of my worried mind, I'm like, crap, I think that probably we're flat. I mean, be, if every, be, if be. that ends up being like the same level of non-truth that we've come to everything else, then we're definitely on a flat earth. So. And, and I'm, I'm not ready to jump off onto that one, but no, I, what no. I am, what I'm ready to there say is, is that like, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some lies within there. Right. Like, I mean, you know, I know like, like, like Sam talks about believing even like the, uh, the realms, the realm theory, mm -hmm. right? Like, so, and I don't know, man, I, I don't know. I haven't looked into the information. What I know is there's things that I have taken for granted that were so true that I've learned there's such big lies behind that um, I want to question anything I'm taught anymore. Anything they taught me in school is worth questioning. 
Yep. Yeah. So here we are, flat Earth. Yeah. So <laughs> I love it. I didn't it. even know that was coming up. I, and I know that that's. I think this is hilarious. Spherically, Spherically neutral. neutral. So <laughs> <laughs> I love that word. That's the best thing ever, dude. Yeah. So yes, no. Spherically neutral. Elon Musk quote: Why is there no flat Mars society? <laughs> and suspicious. I mean, why is everyone talking about it like it's a real thing? So I don't know. Hey, so let, let me jump in on the flat Earth okay, one because totally. it's kind of an interesting one for me right now because. <clears throat> I told you I do a pretty sciencey show and I've had some pretty respected scientists on. Totally. And out of the blue, a few years ago, I started getting inquiries from people that, you know, when they do the fake thing, like, oh, I love your show. I listen to it all the time. And you can tell they've never listened to the show. Yeah, thing. Yeah, and they go, yeah. You really ought to do a flat earth show. You really ought to mm. interview this guy. I swear where I'm at right now is that this is a psyop to kind of infiltrate and divide the uh, alternative community, the truther community, because of course flat earth is full of shit. Of course it's ridiculous. Of course it's absurd. Of course, if you talk about this with anyone and give it any legitimacy, anyone's going to think you're a wing nut. And they should, because there isn't anything to it scientifically. If I wanted to, if I wanted to plant a meme that, you know, the old Roman thing, when they say divide and conquer, that's really a mistranslation of the Roman, of the Latin. It's divide and rule. So mm. it's like co-opting groups, dividing them into groups. Let's get people talking about flat earth. This is more controversial, and I don't know where you guys are. Let's get people talking about whether there is a COVID-19 virus. Now, I understand that viruses are very complex. They're not what we what we think they are. I've interviewed Dr. Henry Bauer, super respected uh, guy, and he's he was cracking the HIV AIDS thing a long time ago, saying it's not what you say. But the people who come out and say there's no virus, again, to me, that seems like a very uh, a calculated move to kind of immediately discredit a whole bunch of people. And what I always point out people to on, on the virus thing, just so I go off on a little, another little sidetrack. It's all right. Go research the polio vaccine, right? Because mm -hmm. you guys are on the vax thing and you know some of the terrible history of the polio vaccine totally. and how it was built off of they cultured it in these monkey livers and got a whole bunch of other crap in there that they didn't think but when they first brought out that vaccine there was uh the same kind of thing they were rushing it to market and then there was this one scientist this woman who had done work on testing the vaccine and she said vaccine's not safe you know, I tested it on some, I did some animal tests and some other things. I'm not sure on this vaccine. So this one guy, Oshner, Oshner, I'm pretty sure the name is Oshner. He is huge, still in, if you go down to New Orleans, there's all these medical centers, Oshner Medical Center is huge. <laughs> he stepped forward and he said, because he had a big financial interest in the virus getting out there. I'm, I'm sorry, the vaccine, mm -hmm. polio vaccine going forward. He said, it's safe. I tell you how safe it is. I'm going to bring up my two grandkids and I'm going to show you right on stage. I'm going to give them the vaccine and you're going to see that it's safe. 
read this people this is history this is not like you can read this on wikipedia you know the most phony baloney bullshit thing but it's still it's that much of a confirmed history he vaccinates the two kids one of them dies within 24 hours and the other one is severely 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 handicapped within 48 hours his two grandkids so what that tells me is two things one we should wonder about vaccine safety we should be a little bit which is it but the second thing is anyone who doesn't think that viruses are real and that if you're injected with a virus or you can get overloaded with a virus and that it can cause severe health problems including death i mean this idea and david ike you know he's kind of uh, you know put this idea out there and i really kind of called him on it gently because i love david ike yeah but i gently kind of called him on that I said, david you don't really believe that that there's no such thing as you know covid19 i mean it's it's more of a mind trip to think that that whole thing was just nothing than to, i mean don't we know at this point see now i'm getting it I got to shut that down because that's like a two hour, two hour discussion. I know we're, a lot we're of people have don't. a little bit of a discussion on this one because I did listen to your interview with uh, Dr. Tom Callen, who I am a big fan of. So, <laughs> and that was a pretty short interview. So, I think, yeah, I, I got, I got a lot of, I got a lot of crap for that interview and it, it, I, I'll tell you the story behind it, but go ahead. Tell me what you no, think. No, I just, I, I, I guess I think you didn't get past to, to where, to where doc, Dr. Tom Callen explains himself a little bit more. And, and I don't think, I guess, the idea that the, the virus is the problem is the issue, right? Because the virus is the way your body uh, excretes the toxin is his argument, right? And so there's, and so what is the toxin, right? And he, he breaks that down pretty well. I've listened to him in, in several different times. And, and I think there's something there. I don't, what I, what I think is if you go back to the history and, you know, I mean, this ties in with, uh, uh, what's his name? The PCR guy. Oh, Kerry Mullis. Kerry Mullis. Like, like he, he questioned um, the, the, the person. What's that? The test, right? Well, yeah, but he also, um, yeah, he he got when he got his uh, Nobel award or whatever. He was he got to go to a dinner with all these people, and I, I listened to Dr. Tom Cowan tell the story, and uh, you know, he just believed, you know, uh, you know that it was. I think it was about the AIDS virus that the AIDS virus, that you know, the, the HIV virus caused the AIDS, and and he went up to the guy who got the Nobel award for for that and said oh great i finally get to meet you you know so now can you show me actually how this works and there was actually no science to prove that that actually this was the cause of this and i i'm not saying i don't think it comes down to this simple thing of like there's not something out there spreading through people right i just think that maybe our understanding that the virus is the piece you know and i think that western medicine does this a lot and i've heard dr tom cowan use this analogy right like this is, this is the, one of the problems we have with Western medicine. Like you get a sliver, your body creates pus around the sliver to expel the sliver, right? Western medicine comes in and kills the pus, right? So, so you don't, you don't have the problem, but, but really the problem is still there. Symptom so, management. Yeah. So it, it's the symptom management, but it's not even the, the you're killed. It's not just, uh, you know, symptom management because you're actually killing your body's way of dealing with the problem. Right. See, but, so, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. I mean, 
I'm down with the whole uh, terrain versus germ theory sure, thing sure, that sure. those guys are, are pitching. I'm totally down with that. And I did a whole show on, on that and I was super, super complimentary and stuff like that. Tom, I'm not down with Tom at all. And I don't like his vibe and I don't like the way he, he misrepresents things and leaves the wrong impression. So if he wants to find this subtle line between what you're saying, which is we don't fully understand viruses. We don't understand the relationship between uh, a virus and disease and all that. I'm down with that. But like the big point that, that, you know, sent me off on him. And it was mainly because uh, Matt Belair, who was, I had spent, you know, two months with Matt trying to show him how ridiculous this, there is no such thing. These guys are saying there's no such thing as viruses at all, that they don't have anything to do with causing disease. And my thing is always just to go back to the Oshner story and say, no, you can inject someone with the virus and they can die. You can weaponize a virus and you can kill people. You can weaponize a virus and you can give people cancer. This suggests that this relationship we have in our body, and I'm not a medical guy. I don't know this shit for shit. I don't. <laughs> but the fact it's, it's so plainly obvious that it is complex. But to and, and I'm guessing what, what I would stop you at, and this is another thing I've listened to Dr. Tom Cowan explain, is, is that they've tried many, many times to take a virus out of one person and to put it into another person and have it infect them, and they weren't able to just do it just like that. That they have actually had to do all this other extra crap to like put it in a monkey's brain. And I'm, I'm, I will misquote it, but I've, I've listened to him explain it. But like, uh, but like, it's not, they haven't been able to just you know, take a syringe from one patient and put it into another and it infects them. And that's his whole basis of his entire argument. So, and I does, I do think he differs from uh, Dr. Uh, you know, Andrew uh, Kaufman a little bit in that. And I would, I would encourage you, and I, I need to do a little bit more research to really speak out on this. And I, I'm not saying I have this completely understood either, but I'm just, I'm always intrigued with the other side and um, and when when he was explaining it, it makes a lot of sense to me. And it is it's based in that terrain theory, which I truly do believe in. Yeah, but it's not. I mean, clearly, just to me, clearly, it's not an all or nothing on the terrain theory. Yeah. It's like is I mean, doesn't it seem obvious to all of us? And I don't want to say obvious because all the stuff that seems obvious isn't obvious. But yeah. here are the things that that I struggle with: is that you know what. I think I have a pretty damn good immune system. I know because I do a lot of good healthy things and I, and I never get sick. I just never get sick because I have a good immune system, right? So that is terrain theory in action. I sure. get that. Certainly. But I would not go and line up to get shot with the Ebola virus that mm -hmm. some guy has weaponized in some lab in Russia. I wouldn't jump out to do that. And like I said, there's too many examples that we know of that where the stuff leaks out, where they have weaponized it and they have released it. So I don't know what he's saying about where you can't take it from one and give it to another. Again, I, I don't have complete knowledge on that. Sure. But the thing that I that I kind of, uh, it pissed me off when, when we talked and it was, my, I, I could have definitely handled the interview better. It's like, not my, not my finest moment by any stretch. And I've never cut off a, uh, somebody like that. He's the first uh, 400 shows, but too yeah. bad. Yeah. But here's the other thing is that I said, look, here's the guy in uh, the, like when the, the, the virus to be isolated, right? He was all, no, no one's isolated the virus. The virus has never been isolated. And I said, here's the guy in Saskatchewan 
who says he's isolated the virus. And I took it from a personal standpoint. I go, okay, imagine you're that guy and you get up in Saskatchewan this morning and you go grab your cup of coffee and kiss your wife goodbye and say, bye, honey, I'm off to perpetuate the biggest medical fraud in history. Oh, but I'm joined by all these other colleagues around the world independently who are the guy's a virologist. You can go look at pictures of the guy spent uh, 10 years in the deserts of Sudan working with viruses in camels and looking how the viruses spread to humans, right? He's a virologist because, vi because viruses are real. And these people in the, in the desert in Sudan, they have a problem because the camels get the virus and then the people get the virus. So if for Colin to be not talking out of his ass, None of that, that's all fake. There's no viruses in the camels that ever spread to the people because there's no viruses and no one ever gets sick. And then he never came back to his lab in Saskatchewan and isolated the virus, which he said that he did. And how would you ever have a, a vaccine if you didn't isolate a virus? So we can debate whether the vaccine is healthy or this and that, but they can measure the, the damn vaccine as to whether it, it generates antibodies and all the rest of that. I mean, no one's claiming that it's all just completely false, unless maybe that's what time is, but that story just doesn't fucking add up. Go look at the, go look at the I just think of, there's, there's another theory. And I, I, I mean, I do, I, I really think that you, you just didn't get there with him. I really do feel that. I really just feel you just didn't get to his explanation because I mean, there's there's different ways of looking at what causes what, and that's what this comes down to. And I and I wish I had all of you know. I I'm not the doctor and I'm not the scientist, but I've listened to him speak a lot, and I've I I think there's a lot more to it. It just he didn't get get, get him get him on get him on I'll, i'm happy to come on and talk to him again and i'll be i'll be much nicer but i'll also be more more well prepared too because Fairly. the part that set me off is i showed him the pictures of the guy in saskatchewan who sure. claims that he isolated the virus and he said no he hasn't and that for him to say that it just set me off because mm. it's flat earth bullshit for mm. like I just said for, you know, yeah, it's I'm not arguing that it is much more complicated and I'm not arguing like you're saying, Ed, about the AIDS vaccine thing. The, 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 the numbers don't add up and AIDS and that uh, HIV causes AIDS. I get that. But the idea that there isn't a virus doesn't add up either. I mean, these virologists are not just, you know, twiddling their thumbs all day yeah totally yeah i think we should move on from this one <laughs> <laughs> hey let's talk about pizzagate what do you know <laughs> yeah I, I think we should i, I think we should uh, and yeah. and we could talk pizzagate because we yeah. ought to we ought to wrap it up we've been sure, going a long time sure. yeah i left off yeah, let's, I left let's, a lot of good ones. Yeah, there's a lot which, of good stuff on here, man. Yeah, dude. And um, I'll give you the link if anyone who's listening ever wants totally, to look at this. Sure. I'm happy. I'd love to see what you think. Totally, but religion, we have a question yeah. on, on religion. You know, it's good yeah. for social cohesion. Uh, it's the highest expression of humanity. And it's an un unnecessary intermediary. That's my take on it. Yeah. Christianity, the, woven into the fabric of Western culture, path to transcendence what jesus told us what jesus told me i'm down with anything jesus tells you i'm not down with what jesus told us <clears throat> cultish at least leaning leaning on cultish principles i'd agree with that near-death experience i got 100 shows on near-death experience if yeah. you want to do it. yoga i'm all about yoga hey. 
We're living in a simulation, ET. We're going to skip that one, Flat Earth. Pizza Gate. Oh, God. Okay, well, you know, I don't know. I honestly don't know what to think of it. Like, I think uh, there's a lot to it. It's a very interesting thing. Like, James Oliphantus is a weird dude, and there's a lot of strange stuff involved with that. Um, but now that I'm seeing the whole and okay, so here's the thing like, so for me with the Q thing, right? I was, and the first, like when I think it was like 2017, like I first heard about it on a podcast and I was like, what the hell is this? And I started looking at it. And I'm like, Oh, this is, this is the greatest thing that has ever happened. Beavis. I was like, yes, yes. Okay. Like I was pretty excited. Good about it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> pretty yeah. good butthead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I was pretty excited, dude. I was like, this is, this is the culmination of all my life's everything's right here. And then I started looking into it. I'm like, wow. Okay. Hold on red flags. And it's like, so Trump is supposed to be this white knight to save everything. Like that's where it kind of all fell apart for me. Right. You know, like I, could, I didn't want to put it all, all my eggs in that basket. So like, all right, I'm going to keep an eye on this from a distance. Right. But, but it got me thinking, it got me into it. And then just like, literally up until like just and i was trying to like you know what i mean like just kind of just like entertaining that okay maybe wouldn't it be awesome if john f kennedy jr came back from the dead and, and they rounded <laughs> up all the all the elites in the world and put them in guantanamo bay that would be so awesome right so part of me just kind of held on to that until like just within the last couple of weeks and i realized oh my god it was just a complete psyop just to keep us pacified and uh well, we're, we're all q yeah, now yeah, yeah we're like, all we're, yeah, we're so, all q yeah. now they, they've all put us in that box so we're all we're all q and yeah. it seems like the whole yeah. culmination of q was to do exactly what's happening right now in my opinion yeah you know, that's what it appears right now right yeah. so, so, so um now, I now I pizzagate yeah. like you know you get into pizzagate i mean i've watched a lot on it and stuff you know i feel personally my my take is is there's some incriminating things here and there to, to weave the story that Pizzagate is, is there's not enough there to do that. There's just, there is not enough there, but that's, that's the part of it. That's that I hate though, is there is something there. Yeah. There's something there. Like there is like, you know, uh, Alphantis is, is a weird guy, you know, Podesta is like to have some weird art for sure. No, they they have some, uh, no. some emails that were, that I would like some explanation for, right? Like I would like some explanation. I want to know why they ordered 300 hot dogs to the white house, right? Or why they have three kids in his hot tub for entertainment. Yeah. Like I want to know these things, but at the same time, I've always said like, if I had some like dark inside jokes with my friends, I would say things like this too. Right? Like that's just kind of how my yeah. sense of humor works. So like, I don't think there's enough there, but, it, but it almost feels like, it's made out the way it is. So like you don't question. So you're either on one side or the other when there's probably something in there, but it, there's just not enough for us to really pick it out. Yeah. Anyway, occult practices by high ranking government officials, hundred percent. Yes. 100%. <laughs> but whether, whether or not pizza gates a red herring or not, I maybe have to go back and look at it now that I know what the Q thing. I think there's enough there. Yeah. yeah. I think there was always enough there. Yeah. And I think, the, again, I, I kind of feel like we've obscured the the measure of what's enough. Yeah, I think that was one of the psyops on that. When I first came out of it, I had a bunch of people in the occult and the magic community. You know, one guy actually put a curse on me. You know, for a <laughs> second. it's like, no man, would yeah. you read that and then tell me you'd let elephantus or podesta yeah. babysit your kids not a chance, uh, not no. a chance. <laughs> i've had people say that 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 in uh you know child protective services uh, uh they say if if we saw 
what, what just what's been shown in Twitter and stuff like that. If there was like some kind of divorce proceeding, that guy would never he'd never get a chance at those kids. Yeah. So, but but Good what's point. our standard? You know, what's Never. what do we really need? This is, you know, because that's the other thing that pisses me off about it is number one, they've to to me they totally ninety percent of people we're talking like I respect what you're saying Ed I think it's a totally valid position I'm not sure. saying that totally valid I'm not I can't I'm just saying I take a slightly different position but sure. we go out to ninety percent of people and PizzaGate to them has become a guy walks a, a guy uh, is a conspiracy theorist he gets a gun and he walks into a restaurant and shoots a shoots it up that's what pizzagate is it's not the real stuff sure. that you're talking about and i'm talking about yeah. and the other thing about this that gets me is the satanic panic thing is mm -hmm. related to this right because mm -hmm. i don't know if you guys know that i get off on this but you know like you go uh, google satanic panic one of the first things you come up with is mcmartin preschool mm -hmm. right yeah all oh, those poor people at mcmartin's preschool yep Go read the witch hunt narrative uh, by the guy from Brown University. The medical evidence, the first kid that comes home, Matt Johnson, three and a half year old kid, he's bleeding out of his butt. And he goes to his mom and says, this is what the teacher did to me. His mom freaks out. Her mom, his mom is totally solid. She goes, we got to go to the pediatrician. They go to the pediatrician and goes, we got to go to UCLA medical emergency. And everyone's saying this is this is what it looks like. This is child abuse. And then the police get involved. And then they go to McMartin. That doesn't sound like satanic panic to me. That sounds like a mom doing what what the, the most horrible job that she would have to do, but doing the right doing the right thing. Yeah. So when we put it in that context, that yeah. most people don't even believe that any of that stuff happens because yeah. they bought into this orchestrated notion of satanic panic mm -hmm. and then you talk to uh, police who've been in this one thing they'll tell you that, that, that don't know the pizzagate thing they go well i can't speak to pizzagate but i can speak to five other things that i that are exactly like it yeah. so yeah. you know i think we've been conditioned to think that that, that this is like a trial you know, yeah, and we sure. no, it's not. This is the court of public opinion. And in the court of public opinion, my opinion is that John Podesta is a creep and he's probably a pedophile. And I won't let my kids near him for five freaking seconds. And he just looks creepy. And his brother looks even more <laughs> creepy. And anyone who'd buy art like that and call it art and put it in there in my court of a public yeah, opinion. Totally. No, they don't. They don't cut it. Yeah. yeah. And I totally I want yes. to clarify that I was never, uh, they were never going to be people I was going to let watch my kids. <laughs> like, I, want to, <laughs> yeah. I want to clarify that. Like I, like there was definitely enough there for me to, to know that these are people I don't want to associate with, I, I guess. And that's what, that's the, the problem with it is it becomes all or nothing. You either believe this whole thing exactly as the story has been told or, or you don't believe it at all. And, and I, I just, I guess I don't fall in that in either one of those camps exactly because i think there's just like i have a lot of questions but certainly the, the biggest one i think that's used against us is just the that the hard drive and the gun i mean the guy goes with the gun what's he shoot he shoots the freaking hard one bullet drive. yeah so one bullet goes in the, i mean come on yeah. come on there is obviously something going on here there yeah. is something right yeah. um or they wouldn't hide it yeah or they wouldn't hide it yeah wow
you guys, holy crap. We yeah. almost went two hours here, man. <laughs> so how about this? Uh, Alex, you want to tell our audience where they can find you if they want more? Skeptico. Yeah. yeah. Skeptico, baby. Go find it. <laughs> 100%. You guys are awesome. It's so yeah, good you. connecting with you, and we'll have to do it again sometime. Absolutely. Yeah, I have a whole Maybe we'll get uh, Tom Cowan, and we'll all have a chat. Bring it on. I, 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 will, uh, I will, first of all, apologize for our aborted uh, first try at the interview, but I will not. That'll be kind of a soft apology, not a hard apology. Cause there you go. <laughs> Okay. Awesome. Okay. Well, a great conversation. Yeah, so I love awesome, getting into man. some wow. other nice stuff. Nice to meet you, Alex. Have. Thank yeah. you very much. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Take care. See you. See you. We got a new COVID a little bit, a little bit in the vaccine, a little bit of masks. Which I know everybody is so tired of hearing about uh, now that Biden's in office and that they've. That's lowered, all you're going to hear about. And, well, no, no, no. Uh, here's the thing is like now that they don't need to use it as a political weapon anymore and they can, the World Health Organization can lower the threshold of what a PCR test positive is. Case that for is that real? I saw I don't know. that. I saw, I saw the, the meme today. I saw that I, meme and I tried to look it up and I tried to figure remember, out if that's true. Remember how they're not going to give but, people their liberties back under any circumstances? Oh, yeah. I, I forgot about that. that part, but I also think that they, they hate Trump so much. That they were willing to, in the first time in history, give us our liberties back just to spite him and give give Biden the win, the W. It will never be I, the one. I, just, I don't know. I, just, I think I they hate him that much. I don't think like Biden's Biden's a piece, but like this is a worldwide thing, right? This isn't like the rest of the world's. Like we are locking down right now. That is yeah, the yeah. plan. That is yeah. what is going on. And yeah. uh, Biden is the perfect uh, empty vessel to take the U.S. in that direction. Absolutely. Right? That, that's how I see it. Absolutely. So. Um, I feel like, and he, but he's, I mean, he would have to go back on what he's already said is that, you know, we're going to mask for a hundred days, right? Yeah, so, probably. So, well, um, I, I, I do think that's going to fucking not. do it. Well, yep. I know, I know where we stand. <laughs> I know I'm going to find I'm probably gonna every, end up in jail this next yeah. round, but I mean, yeah. I mean who in knows? The, in the I quarantine mean, camp. Um, I mean, I do think that, uh, you know, I mean, I look for every opportunity I can to be around as many like-minded people without a mask on every Every time. Yep. Like that that is what fills my soul. Yep. Got another Freedom Cell meetup this weekend, baby. Yes. Woo! Can't wait. Yeah, can't wait. Um, so yeah, if you want to be the most fashionable person in the quarantine camp, you can go to <laughs> trucilla.org forward slash shirts and you can order yourself some original Trucilla swag, man. It's some oh good my stuff. God. That has First to be the edition. The coolest cat in the quarantine camp. Dude. I'm working on that tonight, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. God, I like I it. That's, it. That's awesome. So yeah, trucilla.org slash shirts. You guys, if we ever disappear, whatever social media, whatever, trucilla.org. We're on trucilla.org. Come find us. Yes. We got a new Telegram channel. Go and join us over there. And please join us on Rockfin, guys. We got premium episodes. We got a new uh, series called the Truzilla Reconciliation Commission. Um, just a uh, joke, and for all the, you know, the tribunals are gonna be coming up for all the the right wingers and conspiracy theorists. You know, so we're, it's a little little <laughs> nod to that. Truth convert us, not. convert all us QAnoners. Yeah, right, we got right? we got yeah we went on a cool adventure last weekend. You can go catch up and you see guys how that have is. to see this it. video. Oh yes, and okay. it was and it was, like, it was amazing. And uh, you know, shout shout out to uh, Tara Alder. Um, and uh, alderbrook.com healing no, arts yeah, yeah healing arts man she is fantastic go and find her yeah Absolutely we're gonna go get her on this show and she was amazing yep. and we're uh, real soon yeah definitely like yep. within the next month did yeah. we say yeah yeah, yeah. Within yeah. The next yeah. few we weeks it, but yeah, so. look for her yep, and, yep. and look her up she is fantastic yes yep and if you live Love around her. here go go Eugene, yeah yeah go i'm just gonna own uh Colon hydrotherapy session. Cool. Yeah. Get yeah, your yeah. colonic. But also get loved on and get like yeah, totally nurtured certainly. in your soul and like deal with like 
she, this woman is a true healer, like beyond yeah. the whole yes. colon hydrotherapy yes. thing, which was off the charts. But I'm just saying, like this woman, we love this woman. So I'm gonna go hang out with her outside of our yes. colon yeah. hydrotherapy yes. sessions, and we're gonna like yes. break bread. But yeah, yeah, love yeah. Love totally. totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So rockfin.com forward slash Truzilla. You can join. It's like ten bucks a month, and you get all the premium stuff, dude. You get like Sam Tripoli, Charlie Robinson. Slow News Whitney Day, Webb. Whitney Webb, um, Jason Burmis, our Isaac friend, basically. Weishaw. But all of our main Isaac episodes on, are still on there. Yeah, all of our main episodes are on there, but we were going to drop a few premium episodes yeah. every now and then. Yeah, a little Just bonus taking, here yeah, and there. Yeah, and yeah. once you see this yeah. bonus, you'll be like, this yeah. is... Great way to support the show, you guys. Ass. It's awesome. And plus you, get so, plus, you get access to everything on all of Rockfin. You know, yeah, it's a pretty certainly. good deal. It's like, yeah, anyway. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, come find us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, float.app, uh, when Parlor when it comes back, at Truzilla, Instagram, too. And then, you know what? I think we should just get the fuck I've out. I've had two of people in the last, like, the last week ask me if we were on BitChute. Yeah, well, I'm I mean, slowly, I'm so slowly uploading just, on there. I just want people to be encouraged. It's a pain in the yeah. ass. It's a pain in the ass to upload on BitChute. And I, and I'm but we're going to gonna archive, persevere. I'm trying to archive all our episodes. And so I think I'm like, uh, I don't even know. I'm like maybe 15 episodes in. I, I kind of totally dropped the ball on that. Okay. Been but working on the documentary. Right. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Do you want those plug that in? No, 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 no. It's too late. You already said it. No, no, no. It's a teaser. We'll talk about it when yeah. when it's ready. Yep. And uh, so that's what we got going on, guys. Super excited, dude. Like Alex, dude, that was such an awesome conversation. Yeah, I'm definitely. so stoked that we got a little bit away from politics and COVID and got into some more deeper stuff. Spirituality, so, yeah, man. So cool. Love it. Hell yeah. Bam. That's right. the answer, right? Yeah, I was just going to say, I was going to plug Facebook, but I'm like, you know what? Fuck Facebook. Yeah, fuck Facebook. Fuck YouTube. Wanna... Fuck Twitter. Yeah, I'm done with Facebook. I already, fuck I, Instagram. I already made a post last week that said that I'm getting ready to leave. I thought I'm I would do it to by today, too, but dude. I didn't. But I've pretty much been like almost not on at all. Yeah. And huh. I, I want to ban Instagram also just because of all the uh, yeah, spyware shit, stuff, dude. but I also just like my online picture yeah. album. Like, that's all I really want to keep. Yeah. But anyways, we'll no, figure see, it out. I just I say fuck them. Can, can find week, us on the Telegram channel. Yeah, come to our Telegram to channel, dude. That's for, that's where yeah. we'll be. Yeah. Telegram yeah. at Truzilla, dude. No, no, I just I say fuck these things every week, but then I'm I'm still there. Yeah. So. Oh well. But anyway, you know, it's a way of connecting with people where more people are. I, you know, I don't want to promote it. So Listen, no, it's like it's like we say Shut with up. our health. It's like we say with our health journey though too. Like nothing's overnight. Like breaking yeah, away from certainly. the ways that we've done things and how we interact with people. Like it's a process. So we're 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 working towards healthier ways. And we are on our health journey, you guys. We're we're gonna. Uh, you know, Don't keep keep bringing you guys up to speed on what where things are going, the direction, and uh, I'm feeling real good about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, totally awesome. All right, well, everybody, I am Megan, sitting here with my good friend Scott and Ed. We just spoke to Alex at Skeptico, and we wish all of you intellectual prosperity. Good night. Pew 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 pew. pew. Ding ding. <laughs>